Hello, welcome to the Hypno Travelers on the Magical Psyche Highway Podcast. That's right. Your host and tour guide is Scott Prevet, a healer, hypnotist, and a magician. And your bus driver, Jason Gobelli, also a hypnotist, an entrepreneur, and a spiritual guide. Trip with us on the Inner Revelation bus. That's right. One quick disclaimer, neither Jason, Scott, or any of our guests here today or licensed professional psychologist or psychiatrist. So please don't make any changes to any medication or treatments that you are currently on based on the conversation that you hear here today. Just hop on the bus and enjoy the ride. Give us a like, love, or comment, and remember to share your experience with others because there is always room for more in this bus. That's right. Hey, welcome back to the Hypno Travelers on the Magical Psyche Highway. I'm Jason, and this is Scott, and we got a great guest. Hello. Today, Matrix Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? And thank you. I appreciate you allowing me on. Wonderful. Now, before we get started again, let me explain to you guys out there in the audience, I screwed up. We had a nice interview. It was gone for probably 25 minutes, and I realized I forgot to hit the record button. Anyway, <laughs> it's going to be even better this time. So let's go. Hey, Mike, of course. why don't you just tell us about who you are and what you do? I got to remember now. That's okay. Anyway, so <laughs> hi, everybody. I'm Mike. Um, so uh, a few things. Uh I do have a background as an athletic therapist. Oh, I am in Canada. And as a registered massage therapist, it's one of the things that I, uh, one of the things that I do with it is a thing called matrix repatterning, which I'm very passionate about. And that's literally changing the structure of bone. Um, we can talk a little bit about that if you like. And I am a clinical hypnotist, so to speak. And I am venturing into uh, NLP um, because I find it very interesting. It's just uh, for the direction that I'm going and stuff that I'm doing, I think it's just going to give me more of a foundation moving forward, although I do already have a solid foundation. Uh, so there you go. Fire away. I'm all yours. Mike, that's so a you started out in He started out in sports, am I correct? Yeah. So my first thing was with athletic therapy. And I went to university, got introduced to an intro to sports course, then took a two-year sport injury prevention course. And nationally in Canada, I went through, became a certified athletic therapist, uh, did some clinic work. But the majority of the work I did was on the field uh, with soccer. I've worked with rugby. I've worked with hockey. I've worked with uh, football. But the, the big sport that I worked with was um, soccer. I worked at both the provincial and national level and then a friend of mine opened up a company a private company to do training and i was with him for close to 17 years was in soccer for close to 20 25 years at uh so many different levels um got to travel a fair bit uh to europe so england italy netherlands uh was in uh where else was I? Netherlands, uh, Germany, Austria. So I've been I've been very fortunate. Wow. And I'm grateful for that experience. Had to do a lot of things 
when I was the only medical person responsible for anywhere from one to uh, three teams. So that could be up to 50 athletes. Um, trading and stuff wow. on dining room tables, things like that, and MacGyvering it, so to speak. So um, with very little, I had to do a lot. Way it goes. Um, you just and the weather. Been in hailstorms. Been in the snow. Been in sleet. <laughs> been in the rain. Been in the heat. Uh, been there, done that, and left that to to move on to to other things. So when you say you were MacGyvering it, does that mean that you use like duct tape to get that really good player back in the game? <laughs> well, I wouldn't say I use <laughs> duct tape. We have a thing called zinc oxide. Um, but I, I, I did have a reputation of taping from time to time, like putting on a cast. So, so there you go. <laughs> wow. So I, yeah. I, I, I want to get to this question too. So don't a lot of these athletes try to get that competitive advantage somehow? Of course they do. What, what are you thinking about Jason? No, I'm wondering, I'm wondering <laughs> how they do that and, and do they ask you to help them? And in what so way? they do, they do. So, so, so here's the funny thing. Um, years ago, I went to Sri Lanka to do acupuncture, and one of the things there is Tiger Bomb, and it's the real, authentic Tiger Bomb. So when I came back from Sri Lanka, I only had a limited supply, and there's so many other these generic brands that are out there that athletes would use. So what was really interesting was. When the athletes found out that I had this and their muscles were still feeling tight after warm up, after I did stuff with them, they go, you have any of that hot bomb hot, or that heat bomb, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and depending on the athlete and depending on what they needed, I would use it on them. And uh, whether it was actually physically working for them, I definitely do know psychologically it got them uh, their advantage for sure. So in that sense, definitely yes. Some of them do want the edge uh, 100%. Uh, at my level uh, that I was working at, we didn't get into or was not aware of that thing they call steroids. Uh, but I will say I'm pretty sure I have worked on athletes that have been on the juice. Um, and that's quite obvious by uh, looking at their body uh, with all the acne and stuff like that and um temperament and all that kind of stuff so yeah yeah i i guess when one of your female athletes is very muscular and has a mustache you would probably figure she might be on the juice a little huh <laughs> well i'd never encountered those but i have worked with it well it's interesting you say that um i have worked with athletes that have had gone from a her to a him and basically to me uh, a person is a person regardless of how they're uh, presenting. And my job is to do the best I can for them, for what they're presenting with what I know and what I can do. And that that's kind of my approach uh, regardless. Um, and that's always interesting. That is interesting because there seems to be a lot about that, at least here in the United States. I don't know about Canada. I don't know about from a her to a him, but from a him to a her, it seems to be a lot of a unfair competitive advantage. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, I don't, I don't know that much about that kind of stuff, but it does appear to be that way for sure. Yeah. 
Well, well, Mike, you got a lot going on in this. Let me ask you a question. I know that you've worked a lot with concussions. Yes, I have. Like that. And uh, don't you think that it's these athletes, they go through these concussions and they go through so much stress on their body. And like, what do you think about them just getting hurt so young? Good question. An excellent question. Uh, I think a lot of things have changed um, in the last, I don't know, I would even say in the last five to 10 years. So what's happening now is you're getting training is year round. And a lot of athletes are focusing on one sport and one sport only. And it's not something I totally agree with because I've seen it in soccer where there's burnout and injury. Um, And with regards to concussion, concussions a lot of times happen when athletes are tired, when they're, technique is off uh especially when i worked in soccer we had back in 2014 we had 40 concussions within three weeks now you got to remember that's working with 10 to 12 teams so not every team had a whole bunch it was just a group and one of the common things was that uh, a lot of the stuff could have been preventable such as proper officiating uh, I was at a game covering a game where one of the girls uh, wasn't ready for a free kick. Referee blew the whistle. She looked up and then boom, she was down on the ground and she was out for a good couple of weeks. Cause this is like her second one. Um, and yeah, they get them, they get them too often. And a lot of that is because they don't follow what we call a proper return to play protocol. And with a lot of the concussions I work with, I clear them within the clinic. So I can clear them within the clinic because they're passing my test with the things that I do, my eye testing, some of the other physical stuff that I do. But it does not necessarily mean that they are ready to go on to the field until they gradually work their way back from practice to contact. And now where I used to clear them, where I am in the province that I'm in, uh, it has to be, the clearance has to become from a medical doctor or a registered practical nurse uh, gives the clearance and I will tell you there have been times where I still continue athletes after they've been cleared um, because unfortunately some of the medical people are unaware of the harm that can be caused just by saying yes go back and do whatever you want Um, there are times too that I'll get something that says it's uh, I'll, I'll allow the, the therapist to make the decision. It all depends. Um, it's, it is definitely one area that I'm very firm on as far as return to play. Uh, there is no gray area for me. Uh, either you're ready or you're not. It, it sounds like some of them practical nurse aren't very practical. <laughs> I can't speak about that. I can just say I know that uh, I have a certain way of assessing as to whether or not they're they're good to go in the field and sitting at a computer and doing a test is not always to me the best way you need something more objective something that you can see and something that you can make a, a judgment from and unfortunately with the amount of amateur sports out there there's not enough of the proper coverage that's needed to make those decisions right and so not only can you help them with their head through concussions, but you can also help them inside their head through hypnosis. Isn't that correct to get a little bit of an advantage? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of times it's uh, for them, they don't really come out and say it. It's their fear of return to play. 
and it's just not concussions it's with with injuries so what i have found is many athletes uh that continuously get injured concussion uh rotator cuff if i'm working with sh- uh, swimmers it could be knee and stuff like that um different kinds of things is if they're getting injured all the time there has to be a reason behind that is it because they don't feel that they're good enough is it because they're not meeting somebody else's expectations or is it because they're looking for attention and this is the only way they they can get that so when i work with those types of well with athletes that are like that per se when say that type um I listen and I listen and I listen and I will throw out the odd question and I'll say, you know, so what would you rather look like instead? Or what would you rather have instead? And they go silent and then maybe they'll say, well, I want to be faster. And I'll go, that's awesome. And what would that look like for you? And they'll go and they'll tell me. And I said, that's great. Do you ever go to bed at night seeing yourself actually feeling that, seeing it? And then maybe, I don't know, maybe the next day, perhaps waking up, noticing that there's something different and that when you go to train or when you play, your coach says, oh, notice you're a little faster. And your teammates notice that you're a little faster. And the rest of your team starts to notice there's a difference and all of a sudden that light bulb moment goes off and they have this i like to call it a glazed look almost forgive me for saying this almost like a stoned kind of look uh because i've seen it many times uh so that that's kind of you know yeah. without taking them into yeah. a trance if there is such a thing if it does exist Right. So I work from that. And the thing is to be curious and to have fun because I love working with those athletes there. They're amazing. I'll give you an example. Uh, not too long ago, I did some sport massage for swimmers from Quebec, one of the provinces in Canada for an international meet. And they were, they were amazing to work with. And, you know, I start to talk to them, this, that, and whatever. And I had quite the conversation with one of them because she <laughs> said, you know, we had an opportunity to either choose to do physical work or to work on our mental aspect. And I said, well, which one did you choose? She said, I choose the physical. I said, well, how's that? She goes, well, I'm pretty confident. I said, well, tell me more about that. She says, well, I get support from my family. I said, oh, that's interesting. So do you believe in yourself? She goes, of course I do. I said, and, and then, so then I went on, I thought, this is great. This just opened the door for me to ask the question. So tell me, when you know that you're good and you feel you feel good about yourself, what does it actually feel like? Total silence. And I could see the change in her face. I said, And I said to her, so that feeling that you're feeling right now, what's that like? And she's like, it's really good. I said, you know what, what do you think if there was a place that you could take that with you, put it with you and take it with you anywhere you go. So no matter what you did, you could always bring that feeling out. Wouldn't that be amazing? And of course she's like, 
and then and then the light went on again and i'll go that's great and and then and then she left but before she left she said you know what mike i want to thank you for all the work you did with me and i i swam better each and every time that i was in the pool so i want to thank you for that and that was it and it was the last night she didn't swim that day because she had swam before and i thought really that simple just ask a few questions say a few words and boom there it was nice sounds like you're practicing therapy on them but then also as i was listening to you earlier it also sounds like uh maybe if they think that they're going to get their ass whipped the next meet or something like that they might appear to be a little bit more injured than they actually are um so so this is interesting that you say that because the experience that I have is every athlete, and I'd say even personally, or everybody, everybody's pain is everybody's pain. It's not for me to judge. It's only for me to help them perhaps understand what is causing the pain and helping them figure out their own solution. Not for me to give them the solution, because if it comes from me, it doesn't really mean anything. It has to come from them. And I, I think that's what, uh, with hypnosis, NLP, whatever you want to call it. I think that the important thing is the solution has to come from within, um, regardless if it's an injury or something that we need to uh, get over to get to, to move forward, to be our highest self and all that kind of stuff. It has to come from within. Because if somebody else gives it to you, it takes away from you really figuring yourself out what you can do, what you need to improve on, those, those types of things. Nice. So you call yourself Matrix Mike. What's that all about? What's the Matrix Mike off? What's that thing called? Uh, yeah, I'm just having fun. Well, so it's interesting you say that because there's a couple of different ways we can look at it. So Matrix Mike originally came from the matrix repatterning that I do. And matrix repatterning is literally, we're going and we're, we're looking for tension within bone or fluid filled organs. And we're looking at the cellular level. So we're working from the inside out. And what the matrix is, again, is finding tension areas. We're using what we call matrix mags, they're magnets, where we literally scan the body from head to toe to find areas of tension that are not relaxed compared to the rest of the body. And because we know the body is connected from head to toe, I can find something in the shin, for example, of the right leg, and I can treat that area, release the tension there, and all of a sudden, somebody that's come in that has restricted range of motion on the left side of their shoulder, they now have increased range of motion that type of a thing because we are connected from head to toe so i thought why not adopt it matrix mike now the other thing that has come up with the matrix is sometimes only sometimes i will take people into my matrix in hypnosis and in that matrix it's a place where people can be their best selves. They can be more energy than matter. They can do whatever. 
And sometimes within that matrix, it can connect depending whether or not we're a group of three or four people, it can connect everybody together and take people on a journey where everybody is connected by one single thing. And a lot of times what I like to connect it to is the bigger picture of what love can do for all of us. Um, because with love, love being in action, um, love can conquer all, I suppose. Anyway. So is and... that your passion? Love? I mean, is that your like higher passion? Um, my, so my, my higher passion is kind of in a, so my, I guess it kind of relates to my life purpose, which is you can overcome whatever happened to you as an, as a child or a teenager, or even as you get older to move on and do good in the world, whatever good that is. And it's different for everybody. It can be at a small level. It can be at a big level. It's just that when, when people feel better about themselves because they've been around you, that's magical. However, that happens. And, you know, for, I'll be honest, for the longest time, I used to be a, uh, an incredible negative Nelly, incredible. And when you start to realize that people are where they're at, or people are very successful, it's because they've had to overcome something to get there. Does not necessarily mean that everybody likes them. Maybe they respect them. But when you become more of who you are, your true, as I like to say, your, your true authentic self, whatever that is. And I think for a lot of people, it, it's an ongoing process because as you learn something, you grow. And as you grow, you want to learn more and you just keep on going. Um, in a sense, what you're doing is you're up spiraling. If we think about it, we hear about people down spiraling. Well, what if we look at ourselves as though we are a system and that nothing is actually broken. It's just certain parts of that system. We need to evolve at a different level, which may mean we need may we we may need to let go of certain things that are no longer serving us. We may need to be more part of something else. Those types of things. So, my passion is just I want people to feel. I mean, it's selfish. I just want people to feel better about themselves after being in my presence. Because one of the other things I believe in is what I call it's a ripple effect. And I think many, many people may be familiar with this is you drop a pebble in a pond, it ripples, right? And if you continue to drop more pebbles and more pebbles and more pebbles, it ripples, 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 ripples. So the more that I can cause that ripple, and the more people I can work with, the more people that I can help. And the key is, and this is another one, you just open up a can of worms here, Jason, is what are they willing to invest? And that's right, the word is invest into their own personal development, their own change. Then it's gonna have a ripple effect to the, the people that are in their uh, immediate circle of influence and to the influence that surrounds them. One of the things, when I treat somebody, a child, an athlete, or some of my other 
people is somewhere tucked in the back of my mind is I'm not treating that person. Maybe I'm treating that entire circle of influence uh, for a number of reasons. One, if they feel better, that whole environment, they're going to be better. Two, word of mouth kind of a thing. And if you're negative all the time, like I used to be, well, work in progress, what I can, what can I say? Nothing happens. The, the opposite. When you turn that corner and, and realize that you're enough, that you're good at what you do, and it's really up to people to decide uh, for them to come to you as compared to getting on your hands and knees and begging them, things start to change because you start to attract the people that you want to help that you know that you can help. I know I've been all over the place. No, that's okay. <laughs> I it, hope that answers your question. <laughs> if, if you throw enough pebbles into that pond, you not only cause the ripples, but you raise the water level. Now sure. that said, all this other stuff, it sounds like you've done a lot of this and you've learned from experience. So let's get real, Mike. In your life, okay. what have you overcome? Oh, okay. Self-doubt. Still a bit of work in progress. Um, so I've let a lot go. So let me say this. Uh, I've experienced what they call timeline therapy. And what it did is it cleared a lot of things. I actually lost my fear of death from that, um, which I wasn't expecting. Like, I didn't go in for that. I wanted to experience timeline therapy. And when you do that, you and it's done, again, it's content-free. And again, depending on how it works, it works within your model of the world or your belief level. Uh, anger, fear, uh, sadness, hurt, shame, and guilt. In an hour and a half or less than 90 minutes, something happened. It was magical. And then I woke up the next day and that fear of death, like I don't get that feeling in my, my chest anymore that I, I used to. And I'm going, what the heck just happened? And what it did is it allowed me to be on the receiving end within, and I'll say Mike Mandel's the, the, the practice rooms, because for the longest time I was doing, in a sense, more of the hypnosis. It allowed me to be a bit selfish and say, you know what, maybe it's time to be on the other end. So there's a balance. It gave me balance. And letting that go, what it's done now is allowed me to face other issues if you want to call them and i know i'm going to work through them when i go through nlp um hypnosis has taken me one step uh i know there's a next step and there's a next step it, it's never ending and long term uh i love what i do with my my hands my manual therapy my matrix repatterning my athletic therapy uh, but I know it's not, it's something that I'm not going to be able to do forever, number one. And number two, I, for the first time, like, I will say I was pretty, I am, uh, I was going to say I was, I am pretty good <laughs> at what I do with my manual therapy. But I will say for the first time in my life, the first time ever, I found something that I did that I was good at. And I was good at almost right away. Now, 
understand I've fallen on my face many a times. Um, I've been sent back many a times. However, the passion within me to see what can be done and what has done has allowed me to continue to move forward regardless and to continue to learn, to grow, fall on my face, get back up and move forward simply because of the results that I've had with what I've done. So I will say this unapologetically. I know what I can do. And I have the testimonials to back them up. Obviously, you want to have more. But I also know, too, that with some of the stuff that I do, people do not want to give them out because stuff is very private. You know, if, if you were in, a, in an abusive relationship, regardless if you're a male or female, is that something you want to share publicly? No. If you've had, like, I've worked with people that are private because of the nature of their work. They don't want that stuff out there. Uh, but I do know I'm, I'm very good at what I do. And anyway... <laughs> It sounds like you've shared a little bit about some of those aha moments. Well, and the thing is, yeah, and the thing is, too, is I was never able to say that before. And so for me to say that, and I'm just saying it because to me, it's, it is the way it's, it's not pretended because it's coming from my heart and I know what I can do. Like, I know what I can do with hypnosis. Mike. A lot of yes. stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. You're a man of many hats. So let me ask you a question. How can people get a hold of you if they want to reach you in order to, you know, to, to see you on YouTube or see some of your work? So this, the simplest thing to do is to go to MikeGrafstein.com. That's M-I-K-E-G-R-A-F-S-T-E-I-N.com slash inception dash clinical dash hypnosis or you can just go to mikegrafsling.com you'll see everything i do and at the top right hand corner there is a word that says hypnosis and you can click on that as well too either way and that hypnosis part is it is in uh it is a it's a site in process um but they can if people are interested in doing a hypnotic discovery call they're more than welcome to click on the the link for that that's on that page and uh, away we go. They can also call you for massage stuff too, can't they? So the thing is, I'm at two different clinics. And for the one clinic I'm in in one place, they can contact me directly. Uh, that's on the website. The other one, they would call reception for, for that. Okay, nice. Nice. Awesome. So one more thing, Mike. We know you're a very creative person. And we know you've got, you got a lot going on and all this stuff. So I've asked you this before, but I gotta ask you now, what's with the what's with the marshmallow trip here? <laughs> so I love camping. I love tripping. Let me let me rephrase that. I love to trip. Do a lot of camping with my wife, uh, because we both love to do it. We do a lot of hiking. Anyway. Years ago, before I actually got into the field of athletic therapy and massage therapy, I was in the camping industry for close to 18 years as a camper and staff, and I did a lot of trips. 
one of the things we love to do, usually towards the end or last night, is we used to love roasting marshmallows. And I'd heard from another uh, hypnotist colleague, Alan, talk about an orange, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny. Anyway, and I thought, you know what? I love marshmallows. I might as well just do something about a marshmallow. And anyways, the, the rest is, is history. Um, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> that poor thing got burned. So you take, you take them, you take them on a trip to eat marshmallows in their mind. I, I think I take, them so they're actually inside of the marshmallow and then they get to eat it honestly i can't remember it was a spur of a moment moment thing i just did it at the top of my mind which i always enjoy doing uh totally non-scripted i just boom uh away away you go uh it, it was toasted it was toasted scott it was toasted it was to <laughs> <laughs> so yeah yeah so, yeah, Mike, we certainly appreciate that. And we appreciate a lot of the things you do. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll share something personal here, too. I want to thank you because I know that uh, before I had my hand done, you put the magic in it there. So I appreciate that. And, and Well, the, the well you allowed yourself to have it in you is what you did. <laughs> I just guided and you did Mike, all the work. <laughs> Mike's also helped me. Mike uh, cured, not cured, I'd say he, he just about completely eliminated my fear of heights, which was uh, plaguing me, even though I've done a bunch of things. Um, that was always a big one that would, just mm -hmm. thinking about being up high would make my hands sweat and drip, and Mike helped me with that, and he also helped me with procrastination. So oh, Mike helped that. a lot of people. <laughs> well, thanks, Scott. I appreciate that. So, so Mike got rid of the fear of getting high in you, huh, Scott? <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not touching that. <laughs> anyway, hey, this has been a lot of fun. So I really enjoyed it. Mike, you've been a great guest. So we certainly appreciate you here. Um, do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, I just want to say uh, thank you both for the opportunity. And, you know, I will leave you with one thought and, and the more I think about it, the more it truly makes, Oh, I'll leave you. I'll leave you with this. And I kind of, if a square peg does not fit into a round hole, why would somebody seek a conscious approach that needs an unconscious solution? Nice. And I'll leave you with that. And thank you, Mike. I really appreciate appreciate you being here. Appreciate your time. Yes, well, Mike. I appreciate the both of you. I love what you guys are doing. And uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for for this. It's, it's truly appreciated. And uh, I love what you guys are doing. And I will also say I, I love the journey that the two of you are on. Thanks, Mike. Much love. Sorry for fucking it up in the beginning and missing the first part and not recording it. But uh, we're certainly glad you're here. And also, let you guys out there know we're glad you're here, too. If you like this, give us a thumbs up. If you think we're assholes and jerks, give us a thumbs down. We don't care. Comment, post, let us know who you are. Follow us. 
be there. You know, hope to see you next week. You can say, hey, let's check these guys out. Or you can say, look at these jerks. I don't care. Just come back. Just follow us. It's glad to have you on the bus. And once again, we thank you for being here and thank you for being in the show. What a great trip it was. Mike, it's been a pleasure riding down your magical psyche highway today. <laughs> Mine too. Thank you guys both so much. <laughs> wow, what a trip. Thanks for taking that journey with us today. Please like us, share us, and enlighten us with your views of the topics we drove into today. We appreciate you and love reading your comments. Thanks again, and we hope to see you back on the bus next week. That's right.